Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode of the Self-Care Haven podcast with your host, me, Marissa Rader. I have a special treat for you today and I am so excited to share some knowledge with you from my good friend, Bethany Clemenson. She is a coach who focuses on helping women live a life that is unapologetically yours and just learning to be you and doing it in an unapologetic way. It is simply amazing and I cannot wait to share her knowledge with you. She's actually our guest interviewee inside the Self-Care Haven membership this month and so the real treat is is that you are getting access to this interview as a sneak peek of what the membership has to offer. So stay tuned and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Real life. We are surrounded by the idea that it's a tired life, the no time for me life, the life that chose us. We're supposed to love it, live it, and settle for it, all while being our quote-unquote best selves. We feel as though we should do what everyone else thinks we should instead of being who we truly are. We all want to be the best mom, wife, employee, and we often get caught chasing the elusive perfect life. Although perfection doesn't exist, the idea that we can't or shouldn't want more for ourselves is something I'm super passionate about. I'm putting a stop to the idea that life dictates what we do instead of actually designing the life we want to live. The idea that we should accept life as it comes, living with few boundaries and no balance has to stop. I'm on a mission to help you lessen stress, overwhelm, and the guilt that weighs on you. I want you to not only live life, but actually chase your dreams because you deserve it. Let me lead you to defining the life you truly want to live instead of just accepting the one that you've been dealt. Join me in conversations about self-care, simplicity, and all things avoiding overwhelm that will lead to a life filled with more joy, time, and energy. I'm Marissa Rader, and this is The Self-Care Haven. Hey everyone, welcome to this month's training with my good friend Bethany here. I'm so excited to have her. We are learning about being unapologetically ourselves this month and she is the number one person for being unapologetically. That's actually her business tagline. So I am going to let Bethany take it away and kind of introduce herself here. Wow. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So um, I'm Bethany Clemenson. I am uh, a mother of two teenagers. Lord help me. Um, been married to my husband, Tom, for 21 years. We live in the North Woods of Wisconsin, and it's really cold and snowy here right now. Um, and I am a corporate dropout. I uh, left corporate America to pursue this uh, calling in my heart that of more, of more for me. And um, I'm a coach and speaker and a teacher. I focus a lot on mindset, which uh, is all about being true to yourself. So I've worked in senior living. And I'm an, actually a nurse. I was an ER nurse before I got into that. But then I was in the senior living world in corporate for about a decade. And I just, I sat with a lot of people as they were dying. And this is what I heard over and over again. They regretted not living a life true to who they were. They regretted not showing up 
as their true selves. They regretted making decisions based on what they thought other people wanted of them, not even necessarily what people said, just what they thought that other people wanted and what other people did tell them they they should do or how they should live. And they weren't, they weren't true. They didn't live their lives true to themselves. And so my mission is to stop that because in all my years sitting with people as they died, there was only one woman that I came across that didn't tell me that story. And uh, I want to change that. Our, our lives are too short and too long to live in a way where we're not true to who we are. And we rob everybody else around us of our gifts and talents when we don't show up you know, true to ourselves. Um, I think we're given these gifts and talents to share with others. And when we are hedging and hiding and censoring and shrinking to fit into boxes where we don't belong and staying in jobs we hate and relationships that we don't want and hanging around friends that make us feel like crap, um, we're not being true to ourselves. So that's kind of the premise of everything that I do with coaching and mindset work and speaking and all the things. Oh, I love that because I, first off, I can totally relate to that. And I'm so glad that I discovered it long before the end of my life. But when you said that life is too short and too long, I have never heard a truer statement than that. I mean, when we think about how long our lives really are, or you think of, you know, the years that you spend being worried about what everybody else thinks and the job that doesn't make you, you know, doesn't light a fire inside you. That's a long career. You know, 30 years is a long time to stay somewhere or, you know, marriage is a long time to be married to somebody that isn't the right fit or in a relationship that isn't healthy. And, but yet our lives are so short because you blink and all of a sudden a year's gone by and you're like, where did that time go? I wasted a whole year, you know, worrying about that or doing that. And so I just think that that is probably one of the most true statements I've ever heard. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, gosh, yes. What kind of advice would you give someone who's kind of just feeling stuck where they are? They're in a situation that they maybe have realized isn't quite right for them, but they're not sure they have the courage to, to do anything about it. Um, I have one question that you can ask yourself that can be a game changer for you in every area of your life. If you're willing to really dive to that like third level truth, that deep truth that you don't want to tell yourself or acknowledge. And it's this, and it's going to sound super simple. And it is, it's simple, not necessarily easy, but simple. Why am I doing this? Why am I going to the party? Why am I buying yet another Michael Kors bag? Why am I moving to the neighborhood to get myself in $400,000 of debt? Why do I have to have the new Mercedes? Why am I pretending like I'm loving every bit of my life and posting it on my highlight reel on social and then crying myself to sleep? Why am I acting like my marriage is okay when we haven't had sex in three months? Why am I acting like I love my friendships when I leave them feeling exhausted? Why am I pretending like the job I love is something I'm passionate about when I felt forced into it? I don't know what that is for you. Those are just things that came to my mind. <laughs> but if you start getting real with yourself, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And, and then not beating yourself up, 
not being a jerk to yourself when the answer comes up for you, but loving yourself that you're that you're elevating your awareness because that's what this is all about. Like, and if that's a new word to you, you know, you're just becoming more aware of what's going on in you so you can be true to who you are. The only way to grow is to grow your awareness and your knowledge of yourself. I mean, we're multifaceted, crazy deep people. And, and we like to lie to ourselves to keep ourselves safe and small. And so in order to like move up the awareness ladder, so to speak, <laughs> you've got to start answering the question of why am I doing what I'm doing? That is an amazing question because I think that when I started asking myself, that was when I started to see true growth in my personal development. And it was no longer just a wish or a dream or what I hoped for out of life. It started to become my reality because I was doing things for the right reason for the first time Mm -hmm. in a really long time. And so that is, that's such a great question to ask, ask ourselves. And you know, part of me, I love to teach um, my members that um, we need to identify who we see ourselves at our best version. If we were to look at the end of our lives and money, resources, time, none of that was, you know, and it didn't matter anymore. Who would you be? How would you talk? Where would you work? Who would you hang out with? What kind of activities would you do? Where would you shop? What just think of all of the things. And then each day, just waking up and knowing that about yourself, you can start to make those teeny tiny changes, just even like 1% each day to get better. And so I think that that question is kind of like at the heart of what everyone should be, should be thinking each time they make a decision. And I know we're on decision overload 90% of the time, but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I think we just do because it's easy. But if we actually stop and learn to listen to ourselves, that's Mm -hmm. when the real magic happens. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. You know, and it doesn't even have to be. So if you're listening to Marissa and you're like, hold the phone, I don't even know what I want to do next month. I can't think of the end of my life. That's okay too, because you can think about what you want to be at the end of the first quarter of this year. So, I mean, um, I have a 14 year old and he is very capable and he has some like engineering brilliance. That's like automatic, like he builds generators and computers and does all these things where he can, he builds like the controls that fly airplanes online. I don't really understand any of it, obviously. Anyway, um, but he doesn't put forth effort in school. And so his grades suffer. And he's like, you know, I'm tired of, um, I'm tired of feeling like I'm a loser at school when I think about my grades. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do about it? And he's like, well, I don't, it, you know, it makes me mad when I think about giving effort to things. I don't understand how I'm going to use this in the future. And I'm like, okay, but who do you want to be? Like, yes. who do you want to be? If you want to be the person that gets good grades and you want to be the person, you know, that, that you don't feel ashamed when people ask you how you did on the test, then how do you have to show up? And so, um, so I started asking him, what would it, when he comes home from school, what is a person that gets all A's and B's do now? Like right now, what are they doing right now? And then you make decisions from that. And I thought he was going to be like, whatever, mom, because he'll tell me, stop coaching me. Stop coaching me. But he was like, oh, that's really good. And I'm like, yes, 
winning. But so he started making decisions from who he wanted to be, not his current conditions and circumstances, not yeah. the rubbing himself down in the guilt that he hasn't been trying and the lack of effort and making himself feel like crap. No. Who do I want to be? What does that person do? Okay. There's my one next step. Like yeah. you just go, you know, you make, can you make decisions that are congruent with who you want to be instead of your current conditions and circumstances. And, and, but you can't do any of that unless you decide who you want to be and you understand why you're doing what you're doing now. Like, you know, all that comes together. Yes. No, I can totally relate to that as well. It just, gosh, that just hits home. I hope it hits home for, for everyone who's watching too. Um, your 14 year old sounds amazing, by the way. He, <laughs> that's awesome that he is able to like take that step back and be like, no, this is really what I want. And I was just recently um, reading a book. I don't even remember which one, but it was talking about how our thoughts about ourselves are most likely lies. <laughs> that's not really who we are, or it's what we think other people think of us. It's something that one person or two people have said to us. And so we just automatically assumed that we were that person, you know, like for me, it's that I'm not a morning person. My parents told me my whole life, like you are not a morning person. And so now here I am almost 33 and still trying to figure out how to become a morning person because dang it, my best self is a morning person. <laughs> but I just think that, you know, like for your 14 year old, you know, he sees those grades and he thinks, gosh, what do people think of people who don't get good grades? And so in his mind, he's telling himself this narrative mm -hmm. that he must not be smart or he must not be these things. And so luckily for him, he has you at home that's able to be like, no, no, that's not what that means. Like you right. are smart. Look at all these amazing things you can do. Now, let, how, how can we translate that into the other areas of your life? And the light bulb clicked for him. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that that's what we can do for for the masses here, because I think that that's important for everybody to hear. So as you're talking, I thought of something else too. And I feel like I'm throwing a lot of like, here, you can try this and you can think this way and you can try that, but I have one more. Um, <laughs> so think about a time in your life when you've been successful at something. I don't care if you were 14 or mm -hmm. 24 or doesn't matter if it was last week, like maybe you um, you developed a plan for something and it came through. It doesn't have to be anything gigantic, you know, but think about what that is and then ask yourself, you know, what did you have to believe? What did you have to do? And how did you have to show up to get that thing, whatever it is, to get that thing accomplished, to get to that goal? And when you tweeze those things out, that becomes your own personal learning model for success. Everybody has it. And it, everybody's looks a little bit different, but it's the steps you need to take to get you there. So with my 14 year old, Gavin, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, my alarm's going off. Um, with my 14 year old, Gavin, I, I said, you know, let's think about like you built a gaming computer. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that you had to believe and do? And he's like, well, I had to believe that I could do it. You know, I had to take the steps and figure it out and research and, and learn intentionally, even about things I didn't want to learn about. And yeah. I had to keep going even when I felt discouraged. I'm like, okay. So we put it on his whiteboard in his room. Here's your steps to success. Like you do those three things. 
and you can get anywhere. You can do any, you know, you can do anything that you want. And, and so everybody has that. We all have our own learning model for success. What do you have to tell yourself? What do you have to really believe? Because you'll never get something or show up as your true self if you don't believe you're worthy of doing that. And so you've got to really understand what it is you believe. And that's why I say that very first question that we started off with, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this? Um, a lot of times, if you don't believe in your own worth, you're going to shrink. If you don't believe in your own worth, you're going to people, please. You're going to not speak your mind or you're going to be really, really overbearing too. like as women, we tend to like swing one way or the other. If we our unworthiness comes out either as we're quiet, we're mousy, we shrink, we emotionally stuff, we lie, we plaster fake smiles on our face, we post fake stuff on social media to make us look good, and we fit into places that we don't belong. And we tell ourselves that we should just shut up and be okay, because look how grateful we should be. Look at all the things we have. At least we're not living in a box. All that crappy story. Or... We go the other way and the narrative underneath is still the same. Should, should, should. But we're overbearing. We're highly opinionated. We'll get in people's faces. We won't listen to other people. And either way is an attempt to grasp at our worthiness. And the goal is to like know who the F you are (laughs) and stand there and be okay with it. But we tend to go one way or the other. And sometimes you may be this way at work and you may be this way at home. Mm -hmm. You know, it it all depends on your environment. You may be one way in your friendships and one way at work, you know, and so we can show up all different ways. But if you are really hedging and hiding or over speaking and overbearing and mowing over people, it's a worthiness issue. And the thing is, you're not alone. I mean, I'm sure knowing Marissa, I know how transparent she is. And I'm sure she has shared with you her struggles. But the truth is, everybody has a level of unworthiness. We all struggle with worth. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think um, as a society, we're kind of getting into that, like, it's, I don't know if it's, if you'd call it like cancel culture or what, you know, what not, but like, just because I don't have it as bad as someone else, I don't feel like I should be worthy of feeling the way I do about it. And those are lies that we tell ourselves, you know, like just because my parents aren't divorced and I wasn't born drug addicted and, you know, grew up in foster care doesn't mean that I can't feel bad about the struggles that I have lived through or do have or do face. Those are your feelings. And that's part of being unapologetically yourself is knowing that it's okay to feel however you're feeling and then knowing what steps to take to get yourself to the next, to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Your pain is your pain. Everybody yeah. has pain. Nobody gets out of this life like without trauma and pain, but how long you suffer and what you make that pain mean, that's up to you. Like Absolutely. You know, you're not responsible for the beliefs that you've cultivated from your childhood. You know, you're not responsible for your programming, so to speak. But as an adult, you're responsible to overcome it. Like figure out who you are and and show up and live your life. Don't just exist through it. Take care of yourself. Guard your health. Guard your heart. Be true. Show up authentically. Like you have all of that within you. If you just stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and thinking and know that, that you're worth 
You're worth showing all of your gifts. Even if some people think that you're too much or too little, they're going to. It's okay. They're not your people. It's okay. Right. I, I, was, I think it was in that same book. I was just reading that um, a lot of times other people's opinions of you are just their manifestation of themselves that they see in you. That's not right. actually you that they're that they're seeing. It's how they're seeing themselves show up in you. And that's why they form these opinions. And so then their opinion of you isn't doesn't even matter to you anymore because they're just seeing themselves. They're not actually seeing you and all mm-hmm. that you have to offer. They're worried about picking apart their own flaws through you. Right. I know it's crazy, isn't it? So the, the thing is, all of us are the villain in somebody's story. Yes. And absolutely. we don't have any control over that. Like we just, we just don't. It's and and so when you understand that other people's behavior and their opinions, they're not about you. You know, exactly. I've never heard anybody on their deathbed tell me they were so glad that they pleased everyone or lived for everybody's opinions. In fact, I've told you, I heard just the opposite. Most of the times people didn't realize what they were saying. They didn't realize what they were saying to me was I wasn't courageous and I didn't live into my own. You know, I wasn't unapologetically me. What they said was I always wanted to be a teacher, but my parents told me to get married. So I did. Um, I really, you know, wish I had true close friends, but we lived in this neighborhood and we went to this country club and, this is what we did. Or I always wanted to see the Grand Canyon, but my husband didn't like to travel, you know, and it was just like story after story about how they gave away their power, how they didn't live true to who they are. They didn't fulfill their desires and their dreams just died with them. Their dreams just died with them. I watched it over and over and over again. And and it dream is like you're changing the world. I mean, their dream was to travel. Their dream was maybe to adopt children. You know, their dream was to volunteer or or show up differently in their lives or have hard conversations or improve their relationships. You know, it doesn't I'm not talking like some earth shattering thing, but everything that we do or don't do has a ripple effect. And so imagine what our world would be like if we would stand in our own, we would be healed we would know who we were and we operated that way. Like it would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. I would love, I, that's what I hope for the, for the people in this world is that we can all become ourselves and live that way and not be hurt by everything and everyone because we get to choose how we react to, to other people. And so I think that that's just really, really powerful. What would your advice be? I'm going to put you on the spot here um, for (laughs) for people who are wanting to do this and know that they need to do this, but maybe have an unsupportive spouse or the, you know, the people that depend on them and they don't, they're not sure how to like present this new found idea that they have, that they would just want to be themselves now all of a sudden. Um, Boy, I've been there. So like just in full transparency, when I first started down this path of like healing and I started working with a coach, which is how I became a coach. um, My husband was like, what are you doing? Like, really, shouldn't you be able to solve this yourself? Like you have to ask for help. I mean, you're smart. 
figure this out. And he was, and I know it's not the same as like launching a career, but it's still unsupportive, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the same as starting a new business or leaving a job, but it's the same feeling. And um, I was like, you know, I have to do this. Like the pain of staying where I am is greater than the pain of, of change at that point for me. And um, when he realized how important it was to me, you know, he, he, he stepped back and I moved forward. And eventually over time, as he saw me um, really come into myself and be the person that he always knew I was, but I was scared and I hid a lot, at least at home. So for mm-hmm. me at work, I was like the person in charge. I don't know that I was overbearing. I'm sure maybe I was at times to prove my worthiness and probably didn't realize it. But I was like in charge. It was my way. I listened to other people's input, but I was very, I was very strong at work. Mm-hmm. And but at home, I was mousy and pleasing. And I didn't ever speak my mind. And I was really resentful of him. And that had built over years. And then as I worked on myself and got here, um, that started to to d- d- diminish and our relationship improved. And pretty soon when he saw how happy I was and how it was impacting us, things started to change. But the truth of it is there was like nine to 12 months where he wasn't supportive, but because he loved me, you know, he wasn't going to say, no, don't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times we will be too afraid to talk to our spouse because we're afraid of what they say. But here's the thing, even if it is your spouse, their opinion of you is their opinion of you and what you should be doing. And a lot of times if they're not seeking out growth and they're not seeking out change and they're not seeking out ways to raise their awareness and be unapologetically themselves, their fear, you know, they're going to drip their fear on you. I mean, because they just don't know what they don't know. And so it's okay to say, I have to do this for me. And if you can't support me, and it, it's okay. Then I just need you to be quiet. Don't sabotage me then. Yeah. I just need you to be quiet. But I have to do this. It's okay to have a disagreement and still stay on your path. I mean, what's the alternative? A half-assed, right. like half-lived life? I mean, truly, none of us are getting out of here alive. No. And then you get to the end and you're sitting on your deathbed next to someone like me saying, well, I would have traveled, but my husband didn't want to. And so I just always lived in Iowa my whole life. And I saw some pictures once on a calendar of the places I wanted to go. Oh my gosh. I love you. (laughs) Like you, you choose it. It's choose your own adventure. And that means hard conversations, which I don't know what you're talking about in your other areas, but like, how to have hard conversations is a whole other topic in itself. I mean, you know, but you can't have hard conversations if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want and you don't know where you're going. <laughs> so it's like one thing at a time, you know, but you're Absolutely. capable. You're capable. Yeah. And just because your ideas are different than your spouse's doesn't make them wrong. And just because they don't understand doesn't make them wrong either. I mean, or that they won't understand eventually because I had a very, um, similar situation with my husband. When I wanted to hire my first coach, he was like, you want to do what? You want to spend how much money? And you know, all the things. And he was like, can't you just go to a therapist? And I was like, it's not the same thing. And 
I know right now in my life, like I don't need a therapist. I need, I need a coach. I need like a partner in this, someone that's going to support me more than just that hour or 45 minutes that I'm in their office. And, and so he talked to the coach on the phone and he was still pretty skeptical when I signed up to, you know, get on board with it. But as time went on, we didn't even have to have that conversation. And it was never like a, ha ha, I told you so, or throw it back in his face that he didn't, you know, that it wasn't something that he wanted to jump right on with. It was just simply, he could see the growth in me and it caused him to want to grow right alongside me because he saw the difference and the transformation that I was making. And he was like, don't leave me here. Like, take me along. I want to come too. I mean, it really, it, it opened up doors for us and our relationship is, I, I thought we were in love then. And I mean, even in the last three years, I mean, we've only been married for six or seven, but I mean, even in the last three years, I feel like we have a depth to our relationship that most people never even find in their marriages. And I think it's completely because we both decided not at the same time, but eventually mm-hmm. both got on board with just being ourselves and allowing yeah. ourselves to have those conversations with each other. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's so much in that that is That's amazing because people will live their whole lives speaking half truths to each other in a marriage and make it look like they're happy when, when they're not. And, um, but it's hard to be real with your spouse when you're not even real with yourself, which goes back to where we started. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Like asking yourself that one question can be a game changer. I remember sitting on the couch with my husband at like three in the morning years ago And we had reached a point in the marriage where I was so resentful. I hadn't gone through the healing work yet. And we were just like, we have got to be honest with each other. We have got to be able to say what is on our heart without like being defensive and without having a knockdown drag out and without telling the other person they're wrong. And we've got to be able, you know, to move past this in order to be better. And as I started to heal because you can't change one cog in a wheel and not change everything else. You know, it, it doesn't roll well, right. It's not balanced. So everything else has to adjust, you know, for you to be able to keep moving forward. And um, when you change your cog and you change how you're reacting to people, because, and I know we've, we've gone a while and I don't want to go over, but um, we teach people how to treat us. Right. So if we don't believe we're worthy, then we're going to do things that elicit a response in our spouse that prove back to us that we're not worthy. And, and we'll see that over and over again to prove. But once we start to believe in our worth, we stop being defensive. We stop picking fights. We, we don't, uh, we Q-tip, we quit taking it personally with everything. We understand that their behavior is about them and ours is about us. And, and so then we aren't like escalating off of each other's crazy anymore. You know, we're able to stay balanced. And um, when that started to happen with us, you know, my husband ended up going on a weekend retreat with me. And it was like in those three days that that five years of work I had done, it's like he caught up and on the plane ride on the way home, he's like, okay, we have to sell everything. Everything we built our lives around is out of scarcity and lack. Yes. So that we have this dream house that we planned for years and 17 acres and a guest home 
and all of these things, but it's, we've got to do something different. And we decided to do that and we sold everything and people were mad at us. They thought we were crazy and we bought a motorhome and we moved into it with our teens and we traveled the U S for a year because I didn't want to be the person that wanted to see all the things that never did it. <laughs> and we let the kids choose where we went and we just, we figured it out. We put them in online school and we had fewer things and more connections, fewer things and more adventures, fewer things and the most deep conversations that I've ever had. And I wouldn't, wouldn't take that back for anything, but it's definitely against the grain of society. I mean, I mm -hmm. lost friends over it. People that were like mad at me. Like I had a phone call from a friend that, and she was like, you have, can I swear? Is it okay? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, you have life by the ass. What the hell is wrong with you? Why would, why would you give up your corporate job? Six figures, fancy cars, expense accounts, pool, hot tub, all this stuff. Why would you do that? I'm so like, she was mad at me and I'm like, you don't get it. Like I thought all those things would make me happy and fulfilled, but it's just the opposite. Now I have to worry about keeping up with all that. Now I have all this yeah. stuff, but I have no time to live my life because I'm on call 24 seven, because I'm traveling all over the U S every week because I'm disconnected from my kids because we're so busy being busy because that's just what you do that we don't even know each other anymore. Like something. Yeah. Had of. Oh, I think that that is so important to like take that step back and just see. And when you were able to know what was important to you, then that other stuff didn't matter anymore. And the whole time that you were talking about your friend, all I could think of was that she was just mad that you had the life that she has always wanted and you were giving it back because it was, it wasn't what you wanted. And so she was, that was just her being jealous of the fact that you were willing to give this all up and she couldn't just take it and make it her own. Like that, that wasn't available to her. And so once again, her being mad, that was no loss to you. And right. And it's okay. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, so much of the time it's about conditional happiness so instead of choosing to know our worth and choosing to be happy now, this is what we tell ourselves. When I get the car, then I'll feel good enough. When I get the house, then I'll feel successful. When I get in that right neighborhood, then I'll feel worthy. Like we don't, we aren't necessarily conscious of these stories, but that's what we think. And so she was in a place where she hadn't attained all the stuff and things that were on her list of worthiness items, right? Her conditional happiness list. And so she looked at me and was mad at me, you know, and I get it because I used to be mad at people that had things that I didn't have because I thought that was my ticket to happiness. And that's not what it's about. No, not at all. And that's the thing is I try to, you know, preach that to my members and to my audience and stuff that, I, Trent and I consider ourselves living our best lives. Does that mean that everything is easy and happy all the time and stuff? Heck no. No one leaves their job without a plan in sight and just like, you know, thinks things are going to be amazing. But it was the fact that I had finally come to the conclusion that this was something I had to do for me. I had to do it for my family. And we are all a thousand times happier in the position we are in now, even with some of the unforeseen struggles that we we wouldn't have had had I stayed we are still considering it our best life because 
we are living for us and what we want and we're figuring it out step by step instead of chasing, like you said, all of those things that we thought we needed to have. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for something outside you to make you feel a certain way, you're missing it. It's It's not true. You've got to decide in here first. And once you decide in here first and you know your worth and you show up as yourself, everything you want will come to you. Absolutely. You don't need it it then because that's not the dictator of your happiness. Oh, yes. You give me goosebumps every time I talk to you just because you you are so insightful and you I just it's like you get me. It's like you can see through me to my soul and you just know what I need to hear. So (laughs) I love that. Thank you. My my. This is good. I am so happy to be able to be here and share, share with your people. So thank you. Well, we greatly appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to leave us with today? Um, Just start, just start. Whatever tip was spoke to you whenever you felt like butterflies in your stomach or something in your chest, it was like, Oh, that could work. Oh, that's interesting. Just start, start nothing will change if nothing changes. So you've just got to start doing something. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm going to put all of your contact information in the comment section below this video so that they know exactly where to find you because I have a feeling after today, they are going to want to be all about all things Bethany. So thank (laughs) you again for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much again for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you would like more information on Bethany and her amazingness, be sure to check out the show notes. Loving today's interview? There is more where it came from inside the Self-Care Haven membership. You can get on the wait list and find out more information about enrollment by going to www.marissarader.com slash membership. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, I'm always here cheering you on. See you next time.